McShane Bible Study, Day 104. We're starting in Leviticus 18, and most of this chapter is just talking about all the different perverse perversions that a person could have. And different types of sexual immorality. Yeah, sexual immorality. And, uh, this, like having sex with a cow. Yeah, so all, all sorts of the different things, but one the thing that stood out to me is 24 and 25. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, for the people I am driving out before you have defiled themselves in all these ways. Because the entire land has become defiled, I am punishing the people who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. Um, so, the, the, and he starts out the chapter by saying, look, if you live according to my ways, you will, you will be blessed. So he, he lays out before us, life is simple. <laughs> live unto me, live with me, and you'll be blessed. Live in these ways and you'll be cursed. We can look around and see uh, some of these things are still <laughs> extremely rare, but some of these things have become normal in our society, and God gives quite a big warning against that. ...themselves in three days for my clothing. And um, there was another one. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So David, I don't know if David, I mean, he must have just had a vision from the Lord and, and seen this because he describes it so clearly. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And all, all who see him, I mean, the whole thing is, well, at least the whole first part of it, it this is Psalm 22, is uh, Jesus on the cross. But David is writing about it a thousand years before it happens, mm-hmm. right? And so we see all the people around him mocking him. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. That's what the people were mm-hmm. saying, right? Um, I, all his bones are out of joint. He's, um, uh, they encircle him. Like you said, they pierce his hands. They divide mm-hmm. his garments, cast lots for his uh, clothing. Um, and, but then it switches and it starts talking about his purpose. 22 says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. And, you know, for he has not, sorry, this is 24, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. 27 is all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nation shall worship before him, before you. And 31, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. It's very clearly talking about the Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. That he has gone through these things for us in order to bring uh, God and man back together again. 28, for kingship belongs to the Lord, and he will rule over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. So it's just... It's a, Who's the nation yet unborn? Because there are a lot of them back in Right, it, it just means all of us, like everyone that came yeah. after. Oh, right. us. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, that, it's just an amazing... <laughs> uh, you know, it's just an amazing scripture of... Uh, the, these type of things were powerful f- for me before I came to the Lord because uh, it's written down so clearly so long before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a, it's a powerful thing to show a Jewish person uh, 
parts of the Bible like this because, <laughs> look, this is your Tanakh. This is your Bible. Look, who is it describing? This, well, we're now we're in Ecclesiastes 1, and we know uh, God made Solomon the wisest man in the world, right? Mm-hmm. We also know that later on in life, he turned away from God. He took on a lot of wives, and God had warned against him, and God said, if you take on foreign wives, they're going to turn your heart away from me. And that's exactly what happened. He started building shrines to other gods and things like that. And... Um, was this written later in life? Perhaps, because he seems very kind of remorseful, right? He's like, I have all this wisdom. What has it gotten me? And in the end, his, you know, it's going to be multiple chapters, but in the end, it's it's basically, you live your life to the Lord. There's no better thing. But along the way, he examines all the different things you can do in life. And he basically says, you can get yourself all excited about chasing after these things, about mm-hmm. success, about, you know, wives, about um, any anything in life. You can become uh, the greatest at that thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, in the end, it's not worth anything. He says, even all my wisdom, it's not worth anything. Everything that has been done will be done again, and everything new has been done in the past. There's nothing new under the sun. And so, in the end, it helps us to realize this world that we're in is simply passing away. It's dying. But God is remaking an eternal world. And so, if we focus on Him, we focus on that, then we're living in eternity and not stuck in a dying world. Does that make sense? Uh And we are ending in 1 Timothy 3. And so... He's given, in most of the chapter, the qualifications to be an overseer and the qualifications to be a deacon. And, you know, he's basically giving that the the true test, of course, needs to be in the spirit of, of how the Lord is leading spiritual maturity. But he has to put something down on paper to help give Timothy some guidance. And so he gives many things like, hey, they should only have one wife. Um, you know, their family should be dignified and represent the Lord well. They should, you know, they should be about the Lord in all that they do. And he says, starting in 14, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. So he's saying this is the household of God. God wants a family in the world. The church is meant to be his family, right? He's a living God to, meant to embody a people. And so we're to be pillars for him to holding up the temple, right? The big pillars hold up the temple. Mm-hmm. And so he says this is what we are meant to be, a buttress of the truth. And he gives the clearest expression of this, which is Jesus, to end the chapter, he says... He was manifested in the flesh. So the the Spirit of God came into a man. He's vindicated by the Spirit. So he was both man and had the Spirit in him. Seen by angels. So those who can clearly see, you know, the eternal realm can see, hey, this is 
an eternal realm being fully encapsulated in the, mm-hmm. the fallen world, right? And then proclaimed among the nations so that his, the news of him spreads, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. So he says, this is a picture of what God needs to do for an entire people, an entire family. And so he says, when we, we are to build this up. And so you're going to need the help of others. So Timothy, as you're going about being an apostle, setting, establishing order in an area, there needs to be these people who live according to God's way. And these should be, basically, if you see any of these signs, that should help you know that this person is not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, anyways, that's all I have. Y'all have anything else? God bless you. Yeah, God bless you all. God bless you.